the good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Sustain. Nutrition. Chewing. My lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Still chewing my gums, chewing the fat podcast episode. No, oh, <laughs> something's gone <laughs> horrifically wrong. What do I? Eat? <laughs> Joe, very good, very good. Don't ask me what we're talking about. What we're talking about the value of self worth. <gasps> this is supposed to be about nutrition and fat loss. What the hell's going on? What we have we become um, mindset mentors? No, um, life coaches. Uh, I'm I'm becoming a, a yoga instructor next week. <laughs> you know, you've got the flexibility of a pencil, so I would like to see that. <laughs> make sure, but make sure in that analogy you don't include the rubber because that's got some given it. <laughs> right, go. Well, no, I'll tell you what, we're going for it. So our journey for, I suppose, fat loss, weight loss, whatever you want to call it, with our clients is, I suppose, more of a holistic approach than your typical here's a calorie target here's a macro plan here's a meal plan which is just you know what is it i suppose directions on a road here we go you want to get from here to here this is what you do eat this that's it hit these calories away you go come back to us when you lost a lot of weight we are very much more looking at the entire journey i suppose and also i suppose teaching people the roots i don't know where i'm going with this but it's a much more, yeah, holistic approach, isn't it? We want to work on people's mindsets, on people's beliefs, on people's thought processes, on, yeah, their happiness. Ultimately, yeah. people that want to lose weight, ultimately for happiness. They believe that when I lose a stone or when I hit this dress size or when I get back into my old clothes, I'm going to be happy. And is that always the truth, Joe? No, and I think just to add a caveat to that, that people will say, well, no, I'm doing it for my health. Like, So what does being unhealthy make you? It makes you unhappy. You know, What does health give you? It gives me more time with my loved ones. Well, that makes me happy. It's not always a direct thing. It's not like you lose weight and you become happier, which is uh, exactly what we're going to talk about now, is that that is often not the case. And I think just to clarify, when James is talking about like a holistic approach, you know, the calories in, calories out, eat this, lose that, that's kind of looking at people as you are an accumulation of cells and we are trying to make that group of cells weigh a bit less for some of those cells be less full of fat or lose some of those fat cells and actually we're trying to work with with people and i think that that wasn't necessarily what we started out looking to do six years ago six years ago very nearly isn't it nearly our anniversary when we first started oh, it is yeah october and um that's just how the process has evolved and you know sometimes when i talk to people now i'll say don't we see myself as a nutrition coach i see myself as a happiness coach and that my job is to try and make or help people to become happier just 
a large part of that is done through fat loss. I forgot what the question you asked me was. Can you remember? Is it true? Is it true? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? You know, people feel again like you know that the 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 pathway to ultimate happiness is for them to fit in a certain dress size or to, um, you know, weigh a certain number. And again, you know, when we have these conversations, we speak to people on the phone, we speak to people on Zoom calls or whatever. The the three big hitters for me, and again, you tell me, it's confidence, self esteem, happiness. People start with a lack of them, but we want them to finish with an abundance of them. You know, they just feel that the pathway to get increased confidence, you know, better self-esteem and be happier is via weight loss, but it's not always true. It's not always the way, you know, people can lose weight and people can fit into, you know, different dresses and still feel like shit, still not be happy. So that's kind of what we're going to address with this podcast is kind of how can you get more self-worth? You know, what do you need to do to be happy? And that's not, I'm not saying, you know, I don't think we're going to go down that. I'm all for loving yourself, but I'm all for self-improvement as well. You know, I don't want to go into one of those like, well, you should just love the body that you're in. Well, yeah. I mean, that's like saying you should just love the house that you're in. Never decorate, never put an extension on, never change the window. You should just love it for what it is. Like, no, you know, love the make... mice, love the rats, love the mold. Yeah. Like, I can make some home improvements. About? You know, I can make home improvements without saying I fucking hate this house. You know, I love my house, but maybe I want to make some improvements. So, yes, I'm really grateful for the body that I've got. But if I know I can do a bit more, if I want to do a bit more, is that a bad thing? I suppose. You know, um, it'd be like with the job. Love the job that you're in. So never go for a promotion. Maybe I want to. Maybe I want to. Never go for a pay rise. Never change your job role. Never change location. And it's the problem here is is black or white thinking, isn't it? Is people look at this as you can either be happy with the body you're in or want more. Well, that's not the case at all. And that's the the premise behind DBT or dialectical behavioral therapy. If I'm wrong, someone feel free to tell me. I'm sure someone will. That we want you. You can allow seemingly contradictory thoughts to exist at the same time. So I can say. You know, I'm pleased with the body that I'm in. You know, I'm, I'm happy and I'm grateful for that. And I want more. I want to be bigger, leaner, fitter, stronger, you know, whatever it may be, healthier. And so it's about them making sure that we're realistic with the approach. And that if you are hanging all your, all your hopes that you lose this weight and that's going to fix all of your issues, then you're probably going to come up short. I would say that it certainly fixes some of them. It's very rare that someone in my experience, you know, loses, loses weight or gets fitter and stronger and doesn't feel a little bit better about themselves. There's certainly something in that, whether it's a cultural thing or, you know, or whatever it may be, but people do feel better when they make these changes. But it's important for us as coaches that we don't just say, right, that's going to fix the problems. If we know that people have got those struggles, you know, we've talked to enough people, we've seen enough questionnaires, we've seen enough comments in the free support group to know that people struggle with a lot more than that and therefore as a coach i want to make people as healthy and happy as possible and therefore why not look for more areas to improve upon i was saying to james before this court i was speaking to a lady recently and she's losing lots of weight her exercise is really good if you look at that if you look at her her food her steps the exercise that she's performing 
there's honestly nearly nothing to tweak or very, very little. And I said to him, you know, what do you want to work on? You know, what areas are there in your life that, are, that could be better or, you know, I'll make you as happy as possible? And he said, well, to be honest, I've not been as kind to my husband as I could have been. And the reason this is important then is because, and we and I spoke about this with her, she's saying she'd come home from, from work, she'd be frustrated, she would basically take it out on her husband, he would then withdraw from the situation and she would then go eat biscuits to cheer herself up. So whilst you know you could look at this and say, oh, it's going beyond your remit, that's that has no relevance, that has all the relevance. You know, that is so, so important because ultimately the quality of her life and the relationships and her self-esteem and self-worth and confidence are all suffering because of a series of interconnected factors. It's not just going, well, she needs to stop eating biscuits. Brilliant. Sure, she knew that before she started. But it's then about how do you work through those things? And it's then a case of, I'll tell you how we did it. We looked at different ways, and it's not just coping strategies. It's not a case of right. She needs to come home and so she needs to go for a run or listen to it, listen to a song. She needs to reframe the things that are frustrating her. She needs to look at whether they're true frustrations. And actually, what it turned out was that some of the things she was frustrated by were because she's really empathetic, because she wants the best for her clients, and so therefore the frustration is natural is that you can't give those things up. Those two things are kind of interlinked. We also then wanted to look at why she was frustrated with him. And is there a way that we can move around that? Is there something that she can ask him to do so she's less frustrated with him? And of course, there's 101 different things that can all make half a percent difference, which all add up to make a huge difference to, to her life and her happiness. And that doesn't necessarily cover self-worth, but it covers the, the depth that we go into when we're coaching and why this stuff matters. I, might mention it on a podcast of the week having a call with someone they said oh i shouldn't have told you all that stuff it's nothing to do with my food like yes it is because that's probably the reason that you're overeating or not prepping your food or all the the pieces that you i know what i should be doing i just need to do it it's not the case you know you need to be looking at the the bits that you don't know about you know and because ultimately that's where, where you're going to be successful if you flung one shut up Oh, so I actually thought I was actually just listening to a podcast there. I forgot I was part of this. <laughs> it was it was so it was so professionally delivered. Um, but yeah, no, it's about looking at the root cause. And like you said, you know, going back to that example where if you just looked at someone's food diary and this lady was like, and then on the evening I ate five custard creams, you'd be like, oh well, Sandra, I don't know, I'm just making that name up. Fingers crossed, it's not actually a real name. Uh, Joe's shaking his head. Don't eat five custard creams. You know, that would be, you know, if you're if you're on your meal plan or your calorie counting, that's as far as it goes. In fact, I was speaking to a lady the other day who said she worked with a, a nutrition coach. She was a powerlifter. She's a powerlifter, right? But she also taught dance classes. What a combination. Anyway. There you go. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't our coach, Steve Cuthbert, was it? You know? <laughs> that was Steve. <laughs> he just, he doesn't powerlift. Um, and she was saying she was really struggling with emotional eating. This is where kind of part of the conversation was. And she said, she kept on going back to her coach saying, I'm really struggling with this. She's like, um, just stick to your plan. Just eat your calories. And that was the level of support and coaching that she got. So she's like, it worked for a little bit, but then, you know, I couldn't do <laughs> Not it. Not very long. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. So like I said, going back to that example, you know, if you're just like, don't eat biscuits, but like you said, you, when you go back, you look at the root cause of 
why she's eating these biscuits. Well, it goes because she had an argument with her husband. And again, you know, if you're going at a shallow level, right, cool. So you have an argument with your husband. We need to come up with some different coping strategies. But then we're looking at actually peeling back the layers of that onion like Shrek. Why are you arguing with your husband? Well, it's because I've brought this stuff home from me from work. Okay, so what's bothering you at work? And again, you know, we're not psychologists, but we can look at these things and go, right, well, this is the what's happening. You know, this is what we need to address. And it's not, you know, again, you know, people in the group always like, what's a good snack? What can I have this? Like, look at the reason why you're having that snack. Look at the the reason why you are having this chocolate, you know. And if that goes back to like five stages back where it's like, because shit's happening at work, but then you're bringing it home and then you're arguing with your husband because of stuff that's happened at work and then that's causing you to have biscuits, then we don't need to go, well, um, have a pack of Snacker Jacks instead of biscuits because they're 92 calories. Like, that's not the levels that we're on. And that's when I say it's more of a holistic approach. Like, we're trying to fix root um, root causes of, of problems. You know, that analogy I always use, like, if, if every time you run your feet hurt and you go like, all right, well, I just take painkillers. But your feet are hurting because you've got the wrong kind of shoes on. Then we need to address the shoes and not just mask it by, you know, having some painkillers. It's like you need to look at the root cause of these issues. And, you know, as an example today, one of my clients, where she'd had um, more chocolate than she wanted to. Sorry, I've just got cramp in my arm Um Professional. Edit that out. I'm not going to edit that out because I do the editing. Keep it in. We're keeping it real. She had a really stressful weekend. Oh, sorry, afternoon because she said she'd had, and I haven't got any details on it as yet. I had a massive argument with someone in a shop and the manager of that shop. And then that threw into a downward spiral. And I just said, like, for me, I don't really care on other people's opinions. If it was Joe's opinion, maybe a little bit. If it was like my mum and dad, <laughs> if it was my, it depends on what. Um, if you're like, oh, James, your hair's looking sweet. I'd be like, yeah, of course it is. Like, yeah, it's looking shit. Like, shut up, Joe, blockhead. Um, you know, if it's not someone that I respect or care about their opinion, then I'm not, or I'm going to do my best to not let it negatively affect me, you know. So it just goes, uh, nice shorts. I'm like, I'll keep a shit what you think. I'm not wearing these shorts for you. I'm wearing these shorts because I'm a dad. And that's a, the pockets. And that's, a, and that's a skill that can be learned, isn't it? And I think that's one thing to, to tie this 20-minute intro back to the one of the topics we're going to talk about. Is if, you know, there are people, you see it, see it online, don't you? 22 stone women with pink hair, purple leggings, absolutely living their best life, right? What can we learn from that individual then? What are they doing? What approaches are they taking to different situations to, to, to feel good about themselves? And yet you can say, yeah, they were just born that way. And they probably were if they're, if they're that kind of person. You know, they're odds on they've got that extra level of flamboyance and confidence that you probably Sass. can't teach. Sass. Absolutely. But you can certainly learn something from them. And there's a certain set of skills that you can then implement to, or there's things that you can, you can teach and, or you can just steal straight from them. You know, one of, and to, get, to tie this into the self-worth piece, one of the things that, that I like to work with is, Okay, so looking at who you are now, if you in six months' time, as Joe Robinson, what does Joe Robinson do if he's got more self worth? Well, probably iron his chinos, looking looking down straight away. He might might, might take more self care, might might gel his hair a bit more before being on video. But chinos. In all seriousness, <laughs> then looking at those pieces that are missing that you want to do more of that other people's self worth do. You know, are they taking 
more care, pride in their home? Are they taking more pride in their appearance? Are they talking to themselves in a kinder way? That's probably the biggest one that people can do right now. Is And you don't have to believe this straight from the off. You, know, you don't have to, to feel absolutely fantastic before you start talking to yourself in a, in a kinder way. You know, if your child did a dance recital or whatever and they were just mediocre and they went, how was I? You wouldn't go, you're pretty mediocre to be honest. You'd say you were really good. You want to build them up. You want them to feel good. So talk about yourself that way. You know, find the things that you like about yourself. I'm not suggesting that you lie to yourself, but find the things that you do like or find the positives. And back to that perspective piece, you know, that it's the way that you're interpreting events and the stories that you're telling yourself. And it's about catching yourself when you're doing those things and changing the way that you look at them because that's just the rhetoric that you're telling yourself. I talked to the week about my own frustration with my own exercise performance. And it's because I was just bollocking myself. The, the internal voice was just, well, these good things only happen because of this and these bad things, they're all your fault. And that was just the story that I was kind of getting caught up in and that rhetoric that was going over and over and over until I changed my perspective until there's another tactic I'll go into in a second. But, you know, I'm sure that's something that you, you agree with as well. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We talk about, you know, speak to yourself like you would be your best friend. And if your best friend was busting their ass and putting this, all this effort in for, you know, doing their exercise and logging the food and, you know, they'd only lost a pound or heaven forbid they hadn't lost weight that week, you'd be like, yeah, that's shit. You're a failure. You should try harder. You know, or you saw, you know, your, your best friend really struggling to stick to choices that wanted to you know, struggling with emotionally and struggling with stress eating, struggling with comfort eating, struggling to fit things into the lifestyle, you'll be like, come on, stop being so weak. You're such a failure. You'd be like, look, you're doing really, really well. Just keep going. Just keep going. Don't stop. You're doing really well. I'm really, really proud of you. But people are so quick. Just go like, I'm shit. I'm rubbish. I'm a failure. And again, you know, like you said, I'm a big fan of people faking it until they make it. You know, do those things day in and day out until they become part of you. Guess what? If you got up at 6 a.m. four times a week and went to the gym, you're going to become, even if you have to force yourself to do it, you're going to become that person who gets up at 6 a.m. and goes to the gym. That's going to become part of your routine. It's going to become part of your identity. You're that person who, you know, struggles with water, and then you start going, right, I'm going to have a glass of water with every meal I have. Eventually, you become a person who has a glass of water with every meal. And when you don't have a meal, or you have a meal without a glass of water, you're like, oh, I need a glass of water. It becomes part of you. It becomes part of your routine. You know, no one was born going, I've just woken up. I need to brush my teeth. Right, I'm going to bed. I need to brush my teeth. Your parents or whoever, guardian, force you to do it. Right, it's time to brush your teeth. Magnus does not want to brush his teeth. He'd quite happily go to bed without brushing his teeth. Whereas as an adult human, an adult human, just in case there's any war hogs listening, I don't know <laughs> where that came from. <laughs> I say what because Max is watching Lion King right now. Um, <laughs> I've lost it. You know, Were you worried that you just offended our clients? <laughs> just to guess they're any water listening because they, they'll kill a man. They're worse than sharks. <laughs> Don't get me started on sharks. Um, my biggest fear, irrational fear. Yes, what was I saying? So, yeah, if you go to bed then or, you know, you get up and you go to work, you're like, oh, shit, I've not brushed my teeth. It feels really weird because that's something that's been instilled into you. It's something that's become a massive habit. So, you know, even with these internal chats, again, you know, you'll find yourself still, oh, you're this, you're that, you blah, 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 blah. 
and it's catching yourself in that moment and kind of like retraining your brain, like hang about, you know. Again, with a lot of clients, they've got a big, long journey ahead of them and that can be daunting. But you can say, look, just be better than you were yesterday. You can say, right, you you know, someone's, I've got six stone to lose, 10 stone to lose, 12 stone to lose, whatever it is. Like, but you can draw a line in the sand right now and go, right, onwards and upwards from here. The only way is up. I'm just moving forward. That's it. You know, and that's exciting. So it's about, yeah, changing the frame that you see things in. Uh, but like I said, like changing your outlook on things, about looking for the positives. You know, the, the conversation I just said with uh, the client who said I had a shit afternoon because she had this one, I presume it was a small argument. I can't imagine it went on for like three hours in the supermarket. I was like, but what other positives have you got that day? You know, she went out for a 7K run. She ate really well. She moderated the foods that she did have that she wasn't happy with. You know, she had like 30 grams of chocolate and a lint ball. Or something like that, you know, to quote the great Penny Robinson, since you got your know, roof over your head, you got clean clothes on, you got food in the cupboard, you got all these things that are massive positives to be grateful of, but they're all being eclipsed because someone that you don't know, you opinion you don't really value, had an argument with you. And again, I don't know what it was about, but I can't imagine it was anything crazy. You know, so it's how can you change that frame? And the more you do these things, like anything, like any exercise or movement or whatever, the more reps you get, the more repetitions you get, the more natural it becomes, the easier it becomes like a golf swing. There's also a bit there around, like I said, with, with my client who was frustrated because her clients weren't getting the service that they wanted, that that's because she's empathetic and she felt sorry for them, that she's a compassionate human being. And so it's reframing those things in a positive light. So, for example, your client getting in an argument there's going to be some. There's going to be something good in there that she has the confidence to stand up for herself. That she isn't willing to be walked all over. That she has firm beliefs that, that she stands up for. You know, hopefully they're not racism, sexism, homophobia, anything like that. But you know, there's always there's always a positive to be found with stuff like that. I'm sure. You know, I'm only I'm only teasing, but it's it's trying to find a different way of looking at events and and trying to tie it into being something more positive. You know, and if it's a mistake, if you've messed up, then just learn from it. A massive thing here that I want to talk about now is acceptance. I'm reading a book at the moment by a lady called Tara Brack called Radical Acceptance. A little bit hippy-dippy for my liking. So you've got to take, take you know, for me, I've had to take the, the bits from it that are useful and accept that the message isn't always as palatable as maybe I'd like it to be for, for my taste. So if you do read it, then I've given you my caveat. And ultimately, when people have got low self-worth, they are refusing to accept the situation that they're in. So let's look at that from a weight perspective. I've got fat arms, fat stomach, fat legs. No, I don't like the way that X, Y, Z looks. Is That is a rejection of the status as it is. And actually to learn to accept those things as they are and then be able to improve from them makes that a much kinder, more compassionate, easier way to then be. You know, If you are five stone overweight, that is how it is. That's the, that's the, that's a fact. So you, you know, telling yourself that you're, that you're fat and that it's shit isn't helping anyone. In fact, it's making that process decidedly harder. Whereas if you accept that you've got five stone to lose, you're then open to looking at the changes. And so often, you know, if you look at emotional eating, again, that's a refusal to accept the situation as it is. That's a refusal to sit with it. So I historically have been a good one for eating when I'm frustrated. 
that's my refusal. I'm unwilling to sit with my frustration and to process that in a healthy way. So I go off and eat to distract myself, to, to bury away those emotions so I don't have to deal with it. So I feel a little bit better about the situation that's going on. The issue then is that it has its own host of negatives. And odds on, the frustrations that I had initially haven't gone away. And in fact, I've made some of them worse because then I've gotten you know, ever so slightly fatter or I've set a bad example to my clients or the other frustrations that I have with those things. And so the way that we, we work on this is by leaning into the problems. So often um, there's a, a practice in meditation called noting, which is where rather than getting swept up with the, the dialogue, the internal dialogue or the emotions. So say, for example, someone cuts me up when I'm driving, I'm going, it's so annoying, so frustrating, so disrespectful that someone does that, it's not fair. That rather than me listening to that voice, is I note what's going on. So you know, I've, I've got, I'm aware of feelings of frustration. And where are those feelings of frustration? It's in my chest, it's in my heart. I can feel my mind racing. I feel my palms are sweaty. And if you focus on those things, it kind of breaks the circuit rather than you getting swept along with those emotions. And I can say to myself, you know, I'm accept, and by noting it, I'm accepting my frustrations. I'm accepting that that is part and parcel of who I am. And then I can use you know, kind, compassionate ways of talking to myself and saying, look, you're frustrated now, but in six months' time, you'll have, you, you won't remember this situation. And actually, it's not worth it. And, you know, you've got all these, and then like James was saying, reframing things. Oh, actually, you know, you're lucky enough to have a car. You're lucky enough to have a job that you enjoy, all these other pieces. And it's just basically calming yourself down. You know, treat it a bit like you're a, you're a hostage negotiator and you're trying to calm someone down. Is that's what you're trying to do with yourself. You know, there's no benefit to me just staying angry. Yeah, it does feel good. You know, anger is uh, an emotion where people are in control. And that's why some people like anger or they gravitate towards it because they feel in control. But how's that working for your life? The same with, with using food for, for control or for feeling good. Like it feels good in the moment, but odds on you're listening to this podcast because it's got its own host of negatives that are important to you. And so that's the, that's the, the lesson for today for me is to work on accepting things as they are and then moving on from them and, and doing what you can to improve. Yeah, but you know, I'm a big fan of pulling positives. Uh, I just I was thinking when you were saying that, like, um, it, I don't know why it's jumped into my idea when people like show people around like flats or something and a train goes past like really close to the window. You're like, it's really, really noisy, but it's got really good links to public transport. Like, let's pull a positive out of this. Like, I could be I could be at the train station in two minutes. But you know, going back to that example you said, you know, if someone's like, oh, I've got fat arm, I've got fat legs, and I don't like where my stomach feels when I sit down, and you know, all these things, you could just sit on that and just be like, Yeah, that sucks. But you could be like, you know what? Just exact same situation, just reframe it. Like, I don't like how my arms look, I don't like how my stomach feels, but I've 100 percent got the power to change this, and I'm gonna do things that need to be done to change that. I've got control over that. I'm gonna you know, improve my eating habits. I'm going to do some more activity. I'm going to work on my own self-worth. I'm going to listen to some podcasts. You know, then it's exciting, right? I've got these things to change. You know, I was trying to think of an analogy while you were talking. You know, it's almost like, you know, if you're in 5,000 pounds debt or something like, this is not going to work. Is this going to work? This is going to work. Yeah. You're in 5,000 pounds debt. And you're just like, but you can save the money to get yourself out of debt. And, you know, you could be like, oh, but maybe you don't have a job. Like, but you've always got control over some of the fat loss. That didn't really work. Ignore that bit. Just skip past that bit. Um, 
<laughs> the world's worst analogy. Anyway, yes. Use that as a bit of excitement. You know what? I'm not happy with this. And this kind of goes back to that bit where I was saying, like, you know, I'm all for self-love and stuff like that. But if you're not happy in the body that you've got, you can change. You know, you can get excited about changing that going, yeah, you know what? I'm not comfortable. Again, be grateful for the body that you've got, but then you can still change it. You know, going back to the whole kind of house example. It's not a bad thing to be like, you know what, I'm not satisfied. What I wouldn't want you to do is kind of beat yourself up and go like, oh, God, I'm disgusted. Like, no, you're not happy with how you are right now, but you're doing everything in your powers to change that. And again, that's a positive. It's looking at the same situation, but from a slightly different frame. You know, again, just just last one for me, Joe, last one, is that whole idea of, again, and maybe this will relate to people more, is when you get those messages from a client, they go, terrible weekend don't want to talk about it draw a line under it moving forward don't do that let's learn from it you know that is a completely wasted opportunity now what i don't want a client to do is beat themselves up about it i just want you to learn from it it's done it's happened it's in the past that's it so again you know if you're five stone overweight and you hear how your arms look and your legs look and your stomach but there's nothing you can't change that again like joe said you need to accept that's the situation you're in but what you're going to do moving forward, that's the important bit. You can stay in that situation or you can actively do things to make changes, which again is a positive. And in a week's time, you won't be where you want to be, but you'll be a week further away than where you were. And two weeks' time and three weeks' time and four weeks' time, again, you've got to pick up these positives. And again, I don't want to cross over into 6 million podcasts because it's certainly a subject for another one. This can be the problem with when people just have weight-based goals because you've got one opportunity to be happy. When I get to 14 stone, then I'll be happy. You're not celebrating the wins. You're not enjoying the journey because until that scale says 14 stone, you're screwed. We'll talk about process-based goals another time. Good? The last, yeah, no, last, last, I've, got one more, I've got one more bit in that... In regards to you know, accepting the, the situation as it is and kind of being heard, and it takes me back to a bit from the Philip Perry parenting book. And I wonder if you ever have this with Mags, where you know you have to leave somewhere at a certain time. He doesn't want to go, and then he, he's crying. And then if you say no, we're off now, is that he's not being heard, or children aren't being heard, that like inner voice. If we take this internally, and that's what causes a kickback, and that's why it causes pain. Whereas <clears throat> the way that Philip and Perry advises to deal with that. I say, look, I understand that you are really frustrated and that you want to stay. You know, we've got to go now, but we'll come back another day. Is it's dealing with, it's listening to what that inner voice is saying and say, look, you know, you're saying about, I hate the way my arms look like. I know that you don't like the way that these limbs look and that's fine. You're allowed to be frustrated by that. However, you're working on this stuff, you know, and you're doing the best that you can right now. It's a you like listen to the difference between those two statements of <clears throat> I hate my arms and my legs and the way my stomach looks and you know I hate being five stone overweight and it's just this endless diatribe of bollocking yourself over and over and over to just say look I accept that I don't like how it looks right now and that's fine that's okay this is what I'm doing to proactively work on that and actually to sit with those feelings how does that feel you know I feel it in my chest I feel it you know, my head or my hands, whatever it may be. So you're just changing that perspective, literally changing that perspective. Rather than listening to the, the nagging inner voice, you're just focusing on the physical sensation. And that leaning into it 
is a bit like James saying to Mags, I know how frustrated you are. And he goes, oh, I'm being heard and being listened to. This isn't quite so frustrating. I'm sure you've got 101 examples of where he then kicks and screams his whole way home, regardless of what you said. I don't think I've ever heard that boy cry. He's so happy. He <laughs> <laughs> said it's about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> when he could, when he could but do that's, something. But that's that's a fair point, isn't it, in regards to how to the approach. Anyway, the theory's good. Maybe you'll tell. Maybe you'll tell me I'm way off. But with you know, it would make sense to me, and that's how it, I find it works in adults. Anyway. No, yeah. Always acknowledge his feelings. Acknowledge like when he falls over. I never pick him up and go like, "No, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine." I'm like, oh, I saw that happen, buddy. Well, like it was really painful. Where did you bang yourself? He's like, oh, on my elbow. I'm like, oh, bless. Anyway. Right, so that'll do for today. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review. Thanks as always for listening. I really need a wee wee. Um, So I'm going to go. End of podcast. Thank you. Good night.